welcome to the wrestling podcast that's not just for wrestling fans. This is Smark and Friends on the Two Finger Guns Club Network. My name is Zach, and I'll be your host. And if you listened to last week's micro-episode, you know that this is the first episode of our indefinite run. We are running weekly from here on out. No longer are we releasing seasons of a couple episodes for a couple weeks. We're going weekly every Thursday from here on out. It's very exciting. Uh, we're going to be doing a couple different things. Uh, we're evolving the format of the show, but this week we're going to stick to what you already know and love us for, and that's watching wrestling with uninitiated wrestling fans. And to kick us off on this extended run, I have a hell of a guest today. He is a multiple-time Eisner-nominated illustrator and writer. His graphic memoir, Two Generals, was voted one of CBC Canada Reads Best Nonfiction Novels of All Time. And his latest graphic memoir, Bix, is fresh off the press, coming out just weeks ago. I'm happy to welcome Scott Chandler to the show. Scott was supposed to be part of this year's Toronto Comic Arts Festival, uh, but you can fill in the blanks on how that went. All the same, I'd like to thank TCAF for putting Scott and I in touch. And of course, as we've been doing, we will be watching wrestling content provided by our partners at Power Slam Wrestling Network. We'd like to remind our listeners that this is a watch-along podcast, so I'm inviting you to get ready and watch the same match Scott and I are about to watch. I'm going to make it very easy for you to do so as well. Just head over to powerslam.tv and sign up using our promo code TFGC and get your first month completely free. That's one month of over 7,000 hours of on-demand wrestling content at your disposal, and there's no obligation you can cancel any time. So stay tuned, I'll be back with Scott right after these messages. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hello again, boldly boinking listeners. It's your friendly neighborhood rocket man informing you that I have blasted off to new planets, new galaxies, new adventures. We are no longer boldly boinking. We are now the rocket man explorers as I go and investigate all sorts of astral and unnatural phenomena, starting this season with alternate universes. In this universe, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RocketmanTFGC. And we're back. I am thrilled to be welcoming today's guest. He's a writer and illustrator behind many young adult fantasy novels, as well as graphic memoirs, including his latest work, Bix. I'm welcoming Scott Chandler to the show. Scott, welcome. Hey, thanks, man. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for being a part of this. Um, we're, we're actually recording this episode on May 10th, which would have been the last day of the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. So, uh... I don't imagine you originally had wrestling podcast on your calendar. No, but uh, a lot of the people who would have been guests at the show are, you know, kind of doing what we can to, uh, you know, still get out there and, and get the festival's name out there, and uh, you know, have you know some online content for people to uh, enjoy in lieu of the festival. So this is going to be one of those things. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. 
when I first heard about uh, TCAF, I thought it was like a bit of a Comic-Con, but that's not quite the right uh, vibe that they have going on. Uh, could you fill us in a little bit about what TCF is on a more traditional year? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it started in 2003 as kind of a bit of a, um, you know, kind of counter Comic-Con. Um, you know, not in the spirit of kind of people dressing up and going and seeing what's new with Marvel Comics and and all that stuff. It's uh, it's a lot less corporate, a lot less driven by you know characters and corporate properties, um, and a lot more artist centric. And uh, you know, with the artists, it's not always you know the big Marvel and DC superhero comics artists. Although there are usually some of those. You know, they try to get the very best ones. But also a lot of independent cartoonists. You know, who you may not have heard of, international cartoonists from all over the world. It's very much a Canadian festival and a Toronto festival, but uh, also very much a, an international festival. And they, they really tried to pattern it more after literary festivals and stuff where it's authors and fans rather than, like I say, big companies and, and product. Right on, right on. Uh, which, uh, which TCAF events were you originally lined up for? Well, uh, I... I they didn't get that far in planning the uh, events, but I was really hoping to have a book launch for my new graphic novel, Bix, right. uh, as as one of the early kickoff events for the festival. I was I was really hoping to have that be like the big kind of Thursday night party uh, to to kick off the festival, which would have been great. There's a couple of Toronto area jazz musicians who are uh, I'm acquainted with who. Uh, you know, I was going to try to hire to come play, and there would have been live music and, uh, you know, great merrymaking. Right. Let's talk about Bix for a second. It's your it's your latest sure. graphic memoir from, a, a, well, about jazz musician uh, Bix Biederbeck. That just came out at the end of April. And this, yes. is, this is not your first nonfiction work either. No, I am probably the book I'm best known for in Canada is a book called Two Generals, which is uh, about my grandfather's experiences in the Second World War. Uh, And so this is really my first return to historical biographical material since then. It took me a decade to forget how much work it was and (laughs) how tired I was when it was over. Uh, But uh, yeah, one of those books a decade is about all I got in me. Fair enough. It's a a lot of research. Surely, surely. Uh, Yeah, and I understand that a project about music has been on your radar for some time. So like, how did you land on writing and illustrating a book about Bix Biederbeck himself? It's, um, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do, as you say. Um, When I was working on two generals it has a very strict visual rhythm to it it's a story about the military so it's every page is built on this nine panel grid of kind of three rows of three panels that are all the same size which uh, you know provides a very kind of staccato rhythm to the reading experience and I was hoping with uh, well I didn't know what it would be at the time but it's the book that turned into Bix. I, I really wanted to do something sort of the opposite of that, where I could be really free with, uh, you know, the timing of the storytelling and the rhythm of it and, uh, and you know, visuals that would suggest all of that. So, uh, you know, that kind of led me to jazz, the idea of, of that sort of freedom. And, um, and that eventually led me to Bix, who seemed like a, 
a good character to hang all of that experimenting on. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you brought up rhythm because like when reading the book, it reads rather musically. Um, Like I'm not musically trained or or inclined or anything like that. So maybe I'm not using the right vocabulary here. Um, but uh, I am not musically trained either, but I think about my work and my storytelling very musically and rhythmically. Sure. The, the kind of pace and rhythm of a story is really important to me. Okay. So this, this was a really kind of big experiment that I pitched to myself to, uh, <laughs> to be able to pull that off. But it's, uh, it's really just refining ideas I've been playing with to some degree for my entire career. So it's something of a, like a, well, maybe not the subject matter, but something of a passion project in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I'm a music fan and a sort of a casual jazz fan. Um, but uh, one of the points of the story is that, uh, you know, Bix was a pretty tragic character who drank himself to death at age 28. And of course, that's a thing we've seen played out repeatedly again and again since the 20s. And so, um, yeah, there is a kind of universality to his story that I wanted to, uh, his story is so many musicians story and so many artists story and so many people's story, really. Sure. When I was reading it, I felt like, um, well, I felt like I was invited to be listening to music while I was reading that. Uh, is that something that you would hope to provoke in your readers? Well, it's not really important for my book what Dix's music actually sounded like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm just I want it to be clear that he's doing something creative and new, and it, you know it, it could be you know anything in any genre of music or even any art form. But um, I do hope people will check out Dix's music. I've had a few people tweet at me that they you know put on some. Bix tracks on Spotify and, uh, you know, while they were reading the book and, uh, that, that makes me happy. If, uh, if some new people discover Bix's music, that, uh, that there's no harm in that either. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that'd, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. What, uh, my experience is like in the first act, he gets out of the Tiger Rag album and like, that's when I felt like, oh, something needs to be playing while I read this. And, uh, it's, it's there you go. yeah, it's, that was kind of, <laughs> 1920s jazz is not exactly my foray, so that was a fun little exploration. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just long enough ago to seem a bit alien to our ears. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 very interesting if you can kind of train yourself to hear it a little bit. How about wrestling now? Is it, um, have you uh, have you ever dabbled anywhere near or around our fandom? Well, when I was, I'm going to date myself uh, here, but when I was. You know, grade six, seven, eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, the, this was the early '80s, and it was the era of, you know, your Hulk Hogan and your uh, those those first few WrestleManias, which were, you know, when you were 12 years old. Yeah, the, uh, the you know, golden at that age. Time, what was the greatest thing that ever happened? Like <laughs> I don't. Somewhere, yeah, I I, I remember. You know, which one is it that had? Did one of them have Mr. T? Yeah, the the uh, fir- well, the first two actually. The first one, uh, Mr. T teamed with Hulk Hogan uh, right. to take on Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff, um, and I I think it was the next year that uh, Mr. T went one on one in a boxing match with Roddy Piper. Nice. See, this is that's the '80s right there. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when when you were twelve year old, twelve years old in the early '80s, Mr. T was like the way to bring the audience in, apparently, and it, you know it, it worked. He was a but draw, yeah, that's man. sort of if if I have ever been a wrestling fan at all, it was probably during that you know very early 
days when the WWF, back when it was the WWF, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I know it's the WWE now, right? Yeah, yeah. During the brief time I was watching wrestling as a kid, like Andre the Giant was still wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's my, and, you know, since then, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, I know The Rock was big for a while. Certainly. And, uh, yeah, I don't. That's about it. That's about the extent of my knowledge, right there. Hey, totally fair. Again, like in that sense, you're my ideal guest for uh, for this incarnation of the show. I love welcoming people who don't have a lot of context for this kind of thing, just to kind uh-huh. of get their reaction and uh, you know have a little fun. Fantastic. Yeah. So we are watching something actually a little more contemporary than Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Uh, we're Damn. gonna. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be watching content from a show promoted by two wrestling companies, Philadelphia's Combat Zone Wrestling and Smash Wrestling out of Toronto. This contest we're watching is for the Defiant Internet Championship. In one corner, we have one of indie wrestling's certified journeymen, having worked in just about every promotion of note and winning championships almost every step of the way, the straight-edge high flyer Matt Cross. And his opponent is the man who needs little introduction. He weighs in over 300 pounds, and his chops will make you regret your career choices. The ring general, defiant internet champion, Volter. And for those at home who want to watch along with us, and I hope you do, all you have to do is find CZW, uh, or CZW as we say in Canada, X Smash from July 15th, 2018, and hover over time code 1 hour, 49 minutes, and 11 seconds. Pause this podcast and go and find the match. Are you ready? Good. We're going to click play on go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, mine's a little loud. Sorry, I'm going to turn my volume down. Sorry, I'm playing with like different volumes here. I'm turning the video down. I didn't want to turn Skype down. (laughs) So coming to the ring, this is Matt Cross. He is the original Smash Wrestling World Champion. All right, see, Matt Cross is a name uh, like I like. Like this is a good wrestling name. He, he could be like an '80s TV detective with a <laughs> name like that. Like this Walter guy. I know it's. I know you said it's Walter, which at least makes it a little more interesting. <laughs> but what what kind of wrestling name is that? It's uh it's certainly a little outside the box. Um, <laughs> honestly, you can name him Barney the Dinosaur, and he's just got this imposing uh, nature about him. And of course, you'll see right, him when well, he's measuring up to Matt. I gotta I gotta see this guy. Yeah, he's coming right, but up right now. Right now, just based on names, I'm I'm uh, I'm rooting for Matt Cross. That's fair. Matt Matt Cross is great. He's great. He did. He did. Yeah. He definitely won the name contest. <laughs> so if you were naming a character in one of your books, it'd be leaning toward, uh, for a detective anyway, you'd be leaning towards Matt Cross over Volter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's see. Here he let's comes. Let's see Volter here. Yeah. Oh, man. The defiant champion himself. Presently, Walter is... Uh, oh, yeah, I see. He brings the belt right out. Absolutely. This... this this was a thing in the early 80s. They'd bring the belt out. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're the champion, you're bringing that belt anywhere you go. This I remember. Yeah. All uh, right. Walter right now is, of course, working in the WWE, part of their NXT UK branch, and he is their present, uh, as we record, of course, NXT UK world champion. Okay. Yeah. So 
yeah. So he, I shouldn't make fun of his name, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, by all <laughs> means, man. <laughs> just don't. Just hopefully he doesn't hear it. All right, the uh, the jacket's off. Yeah. And uh... yeah, he's had. Walter uh, has hands yeah. the belt to the ref. Okay. Presents it to the crowd. He's doing some warm-ups, doing some doing some squats and some lunges. He's a fixing his fixing his junk there. To, yeah. All right, make sure you stay in those shorts, please, Walter. All right, here we go. It's not that kind of wrestling, man. That's right. Well, we'll see. Let's not give anything away. Who knows where this might go? Yeah. So the bell has rung. They've begun to circle one another. Bit of a feeling out process. But again, you can look at the size difference between these two. Walter well, is a yeah. big, imposing man. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Matt Cross, uh, as well as having the cool name advantage, uh, I don't know. Like he, like they, he actually looks like a muscular uh, dude, whereas Walter just looks like a kind of a big tubby. Uh, I don't know. He, He's. I, I guess. I guess it's the weight. He's definitely uh, not like a specimen of physique, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not like a bodybuilder. No, like exactly. Matt, Matt Cross here. He's, yeah. Uh, plus, Matt Cross has got these funky pants. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a punk rocker. He's got a lot of like uh, gear that kind of modeled after misfits and uh, and whatnot. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the skulls and uh, whatnot. I feel like I feel like Matt Cross. Uh, is not getting the best of this so far. Well, I mean, like, he's got the name advantage, and you're saying he has the gear advantage as well. Right. He's winning in terms of name and pants. And, you know, that's... by the end of the match, that's what's, that's what's going to make all the difference in the world, I'm sure. Right. Of that. <laughs> right. If, if there's a separate trophy for pants, <laughs> uh, Matt Cross has won it already. Matt Cross popped up there and broke out of... Uh... Little hold by Walter. Oh, he's pushing him around now. Oh, we're got, now we're... they're just shoving each other around like a couple of punks in the schoolyard. <laughs> was, that was a slap. Uh, right to the chest. And oh I like these bits where they just kind of stand there in the middle of the ring and look at each other a little bewildered. <laughs> <laughs> Half of wrestling is the facial expressions, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nice leap. Oh, attempted leapfrog oh, by Matt there. Cross. Catches him. Tosses him. Oh, goes for another chest slap. I was trying to figure out what Matt Cross's pants say on the ass, but it's, it's just Cross. Just Cross. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, a, little, uh, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> I was hoping there'd be a, a secret message for me to decode. Oh, here we go. We're out of the ring. To the outside. Matt warming up the crowd. Here comes. Oh, he's caught. Went for a big dive and he was caught. Walter throws him and chops the ring post. Oh, man. Now, here's a technical wrestling question for you. Why do they call it a ring when it's square? <laughs> it's one of the age-old questions, man, right up there with... Uh... <laughs> is, there, is there an official answer to that, or is it just one of the world's great mysteries? I don't believe so. I mean, like, I think it's just one of the mysteries of, uh, of this fandom. I mean, right. the other nickname for it is the squared circle. Oh, well, that makes a little more sense, at least. <laughs> I mean, if you go to like promotions like uh, South of the Border and like Mexico and whatnot, they've got um, like six-sided rings, which are probably a little more appropriate to call the, be called a ring. All right, a little bit closer anyway. 
Oh. Well, my man Matt Cross here is—he's uh, pouring on the juice. He's. Uh, oh. Oh well, see, I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, uh, whenever there's a rally, you, you size it up and you just—it it jinxes it. it. Does. It does. Yeah. But that was one of those dreaded chops from Walter. <laughs> he's very much known for his, leaving his like handprints on a. Yeah. yeah, the big chops. He's known for leaving handprints on uh, on his opponent's chests. Damn. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh that's not even nice. Uh, speaking of Andre the Giant, I've seen him do that a couple times. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know if Matt Cross is. He's he's fighting with all he's got, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Walter just seems uh, like he's not uh, taking any of it. He's not sitting still. Why can't these guys just learn to get along? That's right. Why, why can't they just hug it out and uh, agree upon a winner? Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess it's safe to say that Matt Cross is uh, is who you're rooting for here, right? Well, I like I was, but just just based on. Uh, you know, name and uh, and pants and uh, <laughs> you know just the fact that he seemed a little more in shape than Walter, but uh, Walter's just this huge guy. Oh, oh man! What do you call that move? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's just kind of big and slow and lumbering, but. Well, he doesn't need to do much. I mean, Hulk Hogan was. Well, I guess. I, yeah, I guess if you're that big, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to do much. Yeah, it's just the uh, it's the David and Goliath story, man. Oh, we're getting a replay of. Uh, Boom! What? Oh man, that is that's gotta hurt. Slam onto the apron. Walter's just right, stalking right. Matt Cross now. Now we're oh man uh, oh yeah here comes some know. more I don't know uh, <laughs> so how many years oh, so are now he just kind of yeah he just kind of fell out I don't know yeah he, Matt Cross is he's doing his best he's, he's disappointing <laughs> here no no amount of cool names and tight pants can oh how about that lands on his feet well that was that was pretty good. They let them. It's it's like uh, like it's like playing the slot machines. You know, they let you win a little bit, <laughs> and then you know they take your money for the next twenty minutes, and then they let you win a little bit more. I feel like that's what Matt Cross is going on here. That's the evidence. Occasionally, he gets, in a, occasionally he gets in a good move, and I'm like, okay, here we go, Matt Cross for the win. That's the ebb and flow storytelling of this uh, this yeah. medium. It is. They really. Uh, they really keep you guessing here. They they make you think, oh, maybe he's got a chance. <laughs> but I don't know. Now, how many years are we away from a graphic memoir about Matt Cross? Um, well, <laughs> if I start tonight, then uh, you know, oh. maybe sooner than you think. Look at that. Lands right on his feet. See, they're just, they're, but they're giving me false hope. Oh, uh, there it is again. Oh, he's down. He is down the big man. There is... Um, I don't know if you've read uh, that graphic novel about Andre the Giant by Box Brown. It's, it's been on my reading list for some time, but I'm afraid I have not. Is it? Yeah, I have not. It is good. I would, I would recommend it to you and your listeners. Absolutely. Can I get the author once more? 
Uh, it's Box Brown. Box Brown. Thank you. I used to work at, uh, you know, Chapters Indigo, which is, for non-Canadian listeners, the, the major Canadian bookstore retailer. Um, I, re- I remember seeing two generals featured on a handful of tables, but of course I would peruse the graphic novel section, and I always kick myself for not getting that Andre the Giant book. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, Chapters Indigo has been very, uh, very good to me. They had um, two generals on their best year list the year it came out. Yeah, you were a CBC uh, Canada Reads list as well, and uh, yes, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, went for a big Samoan oh, drop, oh, but he couldn't pick Volter up. Oh. oh, deadlift. There's German oh, suplex. That uh, this can't go on much longer. Can it? <laughs> like we, <laughs> I think we're about done. Are we? Yeah. Oh. No, Matt, Matt Cross kick, kicked, he kicked that, out. He kicked out. Uh, <laughs> Matt Cross is surviving, man. Man, I thought we were done for there. No. In terms Matt of... Matt Cross also has an impressive beard. Like, that is... Uh, it, it's something like else. In, a, in another promotion, he went by another name as uh, Son of Havoc which was like this lucha, oh. lucha promotion. So he wore a lucha mask with this great big beard popping out from underneath it. It was, uh, it was quite the visual. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> That's a good visual. Big boot by Matt Cross. He's fighting. He's using everything he's got, all the kicks, the flurries. Man, there's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get sucked in again. Uh, <laughs> I know they're just toying with my emotions here. <laughs> Are you ready to believe? Matt Cross, use your beard power. <laughs> the beard, the gear, the name, use it all, man. That's, that's right. Oh, look at him. To the top rope. Oh. Oh. There was... Oh. Oh, uh, oh what? Transition oh. into an armbar. <laughs> things are changing so fast that I can't even comment on it before <laughs> three more things happen. Yeah, they're moving a mile a minute now. But he's got him in an arm bar. Can he get Walter to tap? No. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. What? Oh. oh, but Matt Cross reverses again with a guillotine lock. <laughs> I got to say, this is pretty entertaining. It's something else. Again, this is uh, this is, uh, this is out in Toronto, yeah. so if you're ever out that way. Yeah, man. I've been missing out. The, um... Andy Belanger, who I know you've talked about on another podcast, yeah, was uh, um, is a is a really good comics artist and also uh, uh, a wrestler. Yeah, he uh, he works uh, he wrestles mostly out of uh, well, not mostly. I'm sure he's working elsewhere, but for IWS, which is one of my favorite promotions. Um, cool. Yeah, Bob uh, Bob oh, the Animal. Me, I cannot remember his wrestler name. But, Bob the uh, Animal Anger. There you go. Yeah. But he's a, he's a wild man. I love him. Yeah. Great, great artist and a, and a really cool dude. Did we, did I miss the ending? Did something happen? No, no, no. There was just a couple of replays there. Yeah. I can't go a couple minutes without talking about comics. I'm sorry. No, dude. I will always, uh, no, I'm glad to shoot the shit. This is great. Yeah. But the, uh, the, all the beard talk reminded me of, uh, of Andy Belagia. Oh, he's got a great beard. Yeah, man. Yeah. That beard is the stuff of legend. <laughs> Actually, on a coming episode of Smart and Friends, I speak to his tag team partner about uh, his LARPing enterprises. Speak with Kuma the Grizzly King. So, listeners, oh, wait for that one. Perfect. Perfect. 
All right, uh, Matt Cross is just, he's wailing on him. Oh, he's but he gets... into boxing. It's... Uh-oh. Uh, the right. Sleeper uh, hole. Walter has Matt Cross in a headlock, uh, but now he's out of it. And there's... Oh, what? double what stomp. Was. Matt Cross is going for his finishing move, the shooting star press. Come on, Matt Cross. Here comes. Oh, he missed. And a shotgun dropkick by Walter. Maybe if he hadn't spent so much time climbing up the thing and and lining it up. Oh, you got to make a show of it, man. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He could have finished the move before Walter rolled out of the way. Here comes Springboard Lariat. Whoa. No, Walter catches him. (laughs) Rear naked choke. And Matt Cross taps out. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, what a... Now, that's not cool. Yeah. Well, now so I feel you, like I brought a, yeah, like, a downer episode kill, to you. Like, it wouldn't kill Walter to, uh, you know, do some sit-ups or... Uh, <laughs> I know the way... I, I shouldn't... I know he just won. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe... I don't want to body shame anybody, but he's, uh... He, he's yeah. just... It, it's, all, uh, it's all different body types in the world of wrestling, and Walter's got... Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. not as if, uh, yeah. Like, some of these guys, their their thing is just being big. Yeah. And, uh, it seems seems to work for Walter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you're that big, you don't need a cool name or cool pants or a cool beard. <laughs> so what'd you think of the match, all in all? Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It was short. Are they are they always that short? Um, that one I was guess. that one clocked in at about fifteen minutes or so. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a I guess that's a decent amount of uh, you know watching two guys roll around on the ground together. <laughs> yeah, it's about that's about your standard uh, I don't know TV main event. Uh, you know, like pay per view matches can go on longer, or you know they you gotcha. know or it could be a squash match could end in thirty seconds. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Would you watch wrestling again? Let me ask you that. Uh, yeah, maybe you, you may have sold me. Yeah, I could, I, I could handle that in fifteen minute chunks. <laughs> right on. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for being a part of the show because, uh, like, that was a great conversation. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. This was cool. Yeah, that was uh, Scott Chandler watching Matt Cross versus Walter from CZW X Smash. Bix is available in hardcover and ebook formats. Uh, Scott, you want to drop your social media handles? Uh, yeah, my website is scottchandler.com. I am at Scott Chandler on both Instagram and Twitter, and I believe I'm Scott Chandler cartoonist on Facebook. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere, so wherever you are, give me a follow. Excellent. Thanks again, man. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. So if you're a fan of graphic memoirs or graphic novels or just general nonfiction, you've really got to check out Bix. Um, As I mentioned, I'm by no means a jazz aficionado, but this was truly a great read. Thanks once more to Scott Chandler for, uh, for joining me on the show. Thanks to the Toronto Comic Arts Festival for putting Scott and I in touch and making this conversation happen. And of course, thank you for listening. As I mentioned, these watch-alongs with uninitiated fans is no longer going to be the only thing we do on Smart and Friends, as next week I'm actually going to be chatting with someone within the industry. I'm going to be talking with one of Quebec's busiest independent wrestlers, Kuma the Grizzly King. 
The plan is when talking to wrestlers and people within the wrestling industry is talk about their projects and gigs outside of the ring. So I think you're going to find it pretty cool what Kuma is, uh, is actually up to. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to drop a rating and review. Be sure to follow Smark and Friends on Twitter and Instagram at Smark and Friends, as well as following Two Finger Guns Club on social media at Two Finger Guns Club. And once again, thanks for watching Wrestling with Scott and I. I'll be back next week. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.